0: All right, y'all ready to dive in? Good deal. We're glad you're all here this morning. I really mean that. Um, Was it raining out when you came in? No, good. You know, I don't worry about the weather on any other day except Sunday. Because here's the deal. If the weather's beautiful, a lot of y'all go find some place to go do something. And if the weather's bad, you stay home and act all pitiful and cozy, you know? So... I'm glad you're here, and I I just pray that the weather always falls somewhere in between, you know, for Sunday, for Sunday. So glad you're here, and uh, we're we're going to um, wrap up our series on Jesus said um, this morning. Actually, truth be told, we're always talking about what Jesus said, but uh, some things that we're emphasizing um, concerning the Sermon on the Mount especially. We have seen in previous weeks that God uh, in times past to our ancestors and that's talking about way back he spoke in various ways to the prophets and through the prophets and hebrews says that but now in these days and you have to realize that's not just this week it's this dispensation that we're in that he has spoken to us through his son we knew that god so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son full of grace full of truth came and dwelt among us in this earth, paid the supreme price for all of us so that we could be reconciled to God and then ascended back into heaven, raised from the dead and ascended back into heaven. And in Jesus' ministry and what he came and taught and what he set in motion that's even referred to in the book of Acts as the apostle's doctrine, what it was is the fullness of what Jesus taught. Now with the dispensation of the Holy Spirit added to that, And the commission for us to go and uh, finish out this work of the kingdom. All that being said, on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus uh, and his top three guys, Peter, James, and John are there. We've looked at this. And suddenly a voice came down from heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Talking about Jesus. And then he said this, hear him. Hear him. And I don't believe that that was just in that moment. Hey, three guys and Peter was talking at the time too. I don't think it was just God. You know, say, hey, Peter, clam up. Jesus has something to say. I think it is something for us to hear uh, because of the glory, heaven touching earth, the manifestation of that transfiguration, something significant that is passed on to us. And out of that, God said, this is my son. I want you to hear him. So we do well. We are wise then to look at what Jesus said. And in particular, we've been looking the last, this will be the sixth week on this, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. How many of you got to read that at least once or twice, okay? Read it again because what it will do will help you to be familiar with what Jesus is saying. But this is key right here that you get a hold of this. All, of the, all that Jesus taught in that Sermon on the Mount is in the context of Of the kingdom of God. It's in the context of the kingdom. We were just singing and declaring. You reign over all the earth. You reign in our life. The kingdom is wherever his rule is. So the kingdom can be or not be in your life. And it's a matter if you let him rule in your life. Or you don't let him rule. Pastor A.R. Bernard says this. We want the kingdom of God. But you cannot have the kingdom of God without the government of God. And the government of God means Jesus is Lord. And that's the place to be. And that's what I'm calling you to today is the kingdom of God. And we have to view what Jesus taught uh, in that context of the kingdom. So we're going to go ahead and look at a number of things. He addressed in the Sermon on the Mount, the law of Moses, anger, worry. Uh, you're, You're going to be on this list somewhere. Anger, worry, divorce, adultery, enemies, the needy. Money, possessions, judging, prayer, finding direction, finding fulfillment, living free from hypocrisy, love, grace, finding wisdom and discernment, living dedicated to God. It's all just really an incredible thing that Jesus did in those three chapters. As a matter of fact, at the end of those chapters in Matthew 7, verse 28 and 29, it says, And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings. That the people were astonished. Everybody say astonished. They were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. They were astonished. In the Greek that word actually means that they were stunned. They were struck by what he said. Because you know what it was? It's the entrance of this kingdom. He taught not just what he taught but how he taught and the impact of that because of the kingdom. They were astonished. They were struck. Uh, a dear friend of ours, I don't know if she coined this phrase or not, but it fits right here. Uh, holy wow. It was just a holy wow, you know, when he finished. And and we still can gain that from what he taught. And I pray that we get a little bit of that this morning. As we're traveling along in this, we we uh, find ourselves in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. And let me read this to you. It says, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you... Do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. And, and we know this as what? The golden rule. Everybody say it, the golden rule. Now, it doesn't tell us in the scripture that it's the golden rule. So if you're trying to look it up under golden, it's probably not going to be there. Okay? Uh, we have a royal law later in, in um, James. But the golden rule, I'll tell you how that came about in just a, just a moment here. But just about everybody's familiar with the golden rule. I learned it as a child, do unto others as you, would have them, as you would have them do unto you. And I remember teachers or my mom or all of them, I think they were all in cahoots, um, <laughs> would just prompt you with do unto others. You know, it's like, <laughs> but um, everybody is familiar with this. It's in virtually all literature in one form or another, pagan literature, Jewish literature, and so forth. Uh, J.C. Penney. How many of you have ever heard of J.C. Penney? Shopped at J.C. Penney or whatever. J.C. Penney was a Christian. Um, he passed away a number of years ago. But when he started his his business, his stores, in 1902, he opened several general stores. And he called them the Golden Rule stores. And the thing was, he was so committed to that. He just thought, this is the way to do life. This is the way to do business. Matter of fact, he didn't like the word Employee. So he called the people that worked for him associates. And he was so big on treating them and treating the customer and training them to treat the customer with dignity and with respect and with patience and encourage people and just to be kind. And I think it's an awesome, uh, awesome thing to live by. And we're going to see that more as, as we go along here today. How did it get its name Golden uh, golden rule? And again, that's not in the Bible. In A.D. 22 through A.D. 235, there was a Roman emperor, Alexander Severus. He was not a Christian, not a believer. But he was so impressed with the comprehensiveness of this maxim, this, this statement that Jesus taught. He saw it as a guide to good living. And he was so impressed with this guide to good living that he had it inscribed in gold. On the walls of his chamber, and tradition tells us that that is the takeaway of when it started to be called the Golden Rule. The Golden Rule, and I think it is an incredible, comprehensive, brilliant uh, statement and, and uh, point of action for all of us. It's a way a way for all of us to live. Can somebody say Amen this morning? Now let's read just the first part of it here in the New Living Translation, and it says, as in Matthew 7:12. It says, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. In the Amplified Bible, same section says, so then whatever you desire that others would do to and for you, even so do also to and for them. So whatever you want somebody to do to you, do to them. Whatever you want somebody to do for you, You do for them. And we're going to straighten some of that out as we go along here. Because some of y'all are saying that is just not working in my life. Uh, But we'll watch how this works here. This is wonderful. This is brilliant. This is relevant. This is life changing. This is a game changer. And Jesus makes a special point right in the middle of this Sermon on the Mount to teach this. And again, remember, it's in the context of the kingdom. But then Jesus makes a point that I think sometimes if we're not careful in our reading, we're going to slip right by it. And let's go back here and and let me just read to you. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. And here's the part I want to zero in on. For this is the law and the prophets. This is the law and the prophets. In the New Living Translation, it says this. Uh, verse 12 it says this is the essence everybody say essence this is the essence of all that is taught in the law and prophets and the amplified bible says for this is and then parenthetically sums up the law and the prophets one of the commentaries that i looked at says this is this golden rule this is the substance of all relative duty get this all scripture in a nutshell So I think we need to pay attention to this. He wasn't just saying, here's a good thing to do. Here's a good thing to do. Be good church going people. I don't want you to be good church going people. I want you to be people that are squared up in the kingdom of God. And you're following Jesus, not just good church going people. Okay. Because they got a whole lot of other days. They could be nasty about stuff. Okay. So it's beyond church. You should be to church. You're here to church. I thank you for coming to church. The Bible says you should be here at church. But it's not just about that. It's about what we do with our life, living our our life out in this way. And Jesus said that whatever you want people to do to you, do also to them. And then he makes a special point of this. This is emphasized. Get a hold of this. He said, for this is the essence of the law and the prophets. This sums up the law and the prophets. This is the whole Bible in a nutshell. And so let's let's look a little closer. It's not only the summary of the Sermon on the Mount. It also, again, is the essence and sums up all the law, all the prophets. What the law of Moses required, what the prophets taught according uh, to obedience to God and God's will. Um, Last year when I was finishing um, a master's degree program, we were having to read about 1,500 pages a month. 1,500 pages a month. That's a lot. And we had to sign off because we had to do reports and all of that. And we had discussions and we had all kinds of things. We had to sign your honor that I have read these books. So I just settled it up front. I will read these books. But I've got to tell you that as you're reading, sometimes, most of the time, it just became a blur. I loved it when we had a book that was just maybe just a couple hundred pages. And then sometimes we get these big old honkers. If you ever write a book. Don't write a honker, okay? (laughs) Just saying. But you're reading, you're reading, it just would become a blur. And then I, in pretty short order, I thought, you know, I feel like I'm not getting what they're talking about or what, I'm just, because you're trying to just get through the reading. And so I started to find summaries of those books. And I would read the summary before I would read the book, sometimes in the middle reading the book. And then after I'd read the book, why? So that I could see what are they talking about? What's the main thing? What should I be looking for? What, what should I focus on? And it helped me immensely. And you know what? I would, be, would have been so grateful to have such a short summary as this. You know, for so much. But let's look at this a little bit. The golden rule, depending on how you recite it. And I looked at about uh, eight different translations. And it comes out pretty much to 12 words. 12 words. 12 words summing up and giving the essence of all the law and the prophets. So all the law and the prophets. So let's look at this. The law. Everybody say the law. law. It's talking about the law of Moses. It's the Pentateuch. It's the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Moses wrote those books. That was the law that Jesus was referring to. So that's five books. It's one hundred and eighty seven chapters. Y'all hear? Five books, one hundred and eighty-seven chapters, one hundred and fifty six thousand seven hundred and thirty six words. That's the law. Then the prophets. There are five major prophets, there's twelve minor prophets. Major and minor is not who's more important, it's just major were bigger books, minor were smaller books. So you have seventeen books of the prophets, two hundred and fifty chapters, one hundred and sixty four thousand three hundred and ninety seven words. Put all that together, you got 22 books, 200 uh, excuse me, 437 chapters, and a total of 321,133 words. Now summed up into 12 words. Everybody say thank God. <laughs> and so we can get all this down. And but but look at this. It's all summed up in 12 words. 12 words that Jesus said. And so if this is the whole of Scripture in a nutshell, if this is the essence of all the law and the prophets, is that if this sums it all up, then I think we better zero in on this. Jesus made a point in the middle of this. He gave this incredible standard here. And I'll get to that in a moment. He gave this incredible standard and he says, this is... This is the essence. This is the summation of all the law and the prophets. And I think we'd better zero in and focus in on what was he saying here. And I've thought about it and I've prayed about it. And I'll tell you, and this, is, this is what I've come up with. I think it's this. It is huge to God how we treat other people. That's what it is. It is huge to God. How we treat other people. Say it with me. It is huge huge. to to God how we treat other people. Now, this is, in fact, the golden rule is actually just a kingdom standard. It's a standard. If you're in the kingdom, if God rules in your life, if Jesus is Lord in your life, this is a standard. And it should become the norm. Are y'all with me? It should become a norm. This should be normal that we understand it is huge. Follow me. It is huge how we treat other people. And not just people you know. And not just people you like. And that's where the challenges come. And sometimes it is the people we know. But see, the whole the whole thing here is, it is huge. I, I want this to resonate on the inside of it. It's huge to God how I treat other people. It is huge to God how you treat other people. And so he gives us this standard as a summation of all in the context of the kingdom. And it should become the norm. Everybody say the norm. The norm. Now, for most of you, it's going to be, as you start to apply this in your life, you, it might take the people around you a little while to get used to it. And we're at least, at the very least, inconsistent with it. But sometimes it may take folks a while to get used to the fact that you're golden rule in it. There's a guy, he um, went to sit down with a marriage counselor because his wife said, you go to the marriage counselor or you don't have a marriage. So he said, I'll go. So he went and the counselor had already met with his wife. He said, buddy, listen, you've got your wife and you've got your little boy and you're about to have nothing. He said, unless you change a few things. He said, you're going to have to become more attentive, more generous, more pleasant to be around. You're going to have to show some effort. You're going to have to get vibrant, perk up. Let your wife and your, and your son know that you're, you're aware of them and, and you want to spend time with them. He said, Life's going to have to change or life is going to change. So he took all that to heart and he made some plans and he comes home one day a little bit early and he put on a little fresh spray of cologne. He's got in one arm a whole armload of roses, in the other, he's got a big box of chocolates. He rings the doorbell. Starts singing their song from when they first got together. So he's standing there holding roses, chocolate, and singing. (laughs) His wife answers the door because, you know, normally we come in through the garage. So who's at the door? So she sees her husband with roses, chocolate, and singing. And she just starts sobbing and crying. And he goes, what's wrong? And she said, first of all, little Johnny threw up. Second of all, the washer broke. Thirdly, your parents called and they're coming over for dinner tonight. And then to top it all off, you come home drunk. So, it may take them a while to get used to. All right. This, this standard, that's a true story. <laughs> Probably somewhere. This standard of the kingdom, get this now, is that you would do the same thing for somebody that you'd want them to do for you. And you'd do it in the same way that you'd want them to do it for you. So if you are in, uh, you know, making sandwiches... How many of you know that when you're making your sandwich, you got it all centered up, right? A little bit of this, a little bit of that. And, you know, you're doing it all just right. And the others, the bread's all crooked, you know, meat hanging out and everything. Well, when you're making sandwiches, guess what you need to do? You need a golden rule. You need to do the same thing in the same way that you do your own. If You're going to get somebody a glass of water. Let me talk about that for a moment. When I drink a glass of water, I want to drink it out of glass. I don't know. I, it seemed like I can take, taste the plastic, you know. So I like, I like glass. And then I don't want it out of the bathroom. And I can tell. I have been tested before. People say, no, uh, and every time they'll put them out and I'll do the little taste test. And they know which ones are what. And I got that's the bathroom. And I can just tell. And then in the kitchen, when I get water, though, I don't want it just out of the faucet. I like it out of the little reverse osmosis, double filter, whatever, super duper, holy water cap right there. Okay? So if that's good enough for me, then guess what? If I'm getting water for somebody else, I'm not going to just reach in some cabinet, get some old plastic cup, and go in the bathroom. If I golden rule it, then what am I going to do? I'm going to do it in the same way. Let's get them some glass here, unless they request otherwise, and we're going to get them the super duper handy dandy, double osmosis, holy water. You with me? So it's not just, get this now, it's not just the action, it's also the attitude. So if after church today or at a restaurant or store later today or later this week, you're holding a door and you're feeling all good about it. I'm holding the door for people. Golden rule in it. Well, if you're holding that door, don't be, okay, I'm holding the door. Come on, get all that through here. Because you know what? That's not kingdom standard. Kingdom standard is action. And the attitude that goes with it. Are you, are you following that? Another aspect of this is sometimes, depending on what's going on, you have to put yourself in their shoes. You have to try to look at it from their angle. You have to try to swap places. And this is, listen, this is the key to understanding and this is the key to kindness. Kindness. First Peter 3, 7 talks about husbands and wives are to dwell together and get this and to dwell with understanding. In the Greek, it means this to gain knowledge of what it is to be them. So if you're ever going to have understanding and be able to give kindness to people, you have to do a little bit of work right here and right here and say, I wonder what it's like to be them and to do this regarding the golden rule. If I were them, what would I want me to do for them? If, if, if the shoe was on the other foot, did I say that right? If the shoe was on the other foot, what would I want? Would I want some encouragement? Would I want somebody to give me a break? Would I want somebody to cheer me on? Maybe just notice me? Maybe say, you know what, I got to tell you the truth on this. You know, what, what would I ultimately want? Then sometimes we have to, we have to do that as well. Is kind of swap places. It's the key to understanding the key to kindness. In using living by the golden rule, you also need to be careful. There's a German physicist, philosopher. He did a lot of atomic research as well. I cannot even pronounce his last name. But um, he said this: "You're to love intelligently your neighbor." Which means this, you don't put yourself, your family, your loved ones at peril to try to be nice to somebody else. I'll share a story just real brief and I'll try to keep it as anonymous as I, as I can here. Uh, my wife had a good friend growing up. What? Stay with me. All right. She had a friend growing up and that's where we'll stay anonymous, okay? Okay. Um, And her friend's mother and stepfather and grandparents were involved in like inner city mission and tent revivals and going door to door selling Bibles and, and things like that. And I think they had a good heart. They were trying to serve God. But I don't think that they knew how to love intelligently because her friend came home on numerous occasions. And in her own bedroom, this teenage high school girl would come home to her own bedroom and her stepdad or whatever had decided, we'll bring in some homeless guys and let them sleep there. Let them come bed down there. And I would just tell you on every level, that's wrong, 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 and wrong. There's another way to help them. You don't put your own children, your own family at peril. You have to love intelligently. You so well, I'm just trying to do the golden rule. I'd want somebody to do that for me. No, you need to golden rule your daughter first of all. Your family first of all. And make sure you're not taking away from them, putting them in peril. It's, it's to love intelligently. Are you, are you with me on that? Now, let me move on to something that this deserves a, a couple of moments on for sure. Disappointment and confusion can surround the golden rule. Because you'll say, I was so good to them. I was so kind to them. And then look the way they are to me. And confusion and disappointment can occur if and when you start these kind of questions. What if they don't reciprocate? What if they don't do the same thing in return to me? What if I'm kind and calm and gener- generous to them and they're not to me? That's where confusion and disappointment can come in. Listen to me. The, the issue is not reciprocity. The issue is not whether or not they do what you did back to you. The issue is this is a kingdom standard. Get this. It's a kingdom standard. I'm going to golden rule it, so to speak. You're going to golden rule it to others. Not, not so that they will do what you want them to do. You're doing it because it's a kingdom standard. And listen, keep it under the kingdom because in the kingdom, there's always a harvest. Amen. Now, it may or may not come from that person. That person may not return the kindness back to you. But I'm going to tell you something. If you do this under the kingdom of God, the kingdom rule is this. It will come back to you. There will be other people that will show kindness, show generosity, show show encouragement and those things back to you under the kingdom. So understand this. There will always be in the kingdom, there will be harvest. In Mark chapter 4, let me read this to you. It says, and he said, the kingdom of God is as if the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. That means he does something. He gives something and should sleep by night and rise by day. The seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how for the earth yields crops by itself. First, the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens immediately, he puts in the sickle because the what? Because the harvest has come. In Galatians, and I didn't give them this verse prior, in Galatians 6 verse 7, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. In verse 9, it says, And let us not grow weary while doing good. Golden rule in it. For in due season, it means just a matter of time, we shall reap if we don't lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. Especially to those who are of the household of faith. Whether or not that person reciprocates or not. I'm in the kingdom. You're in the kingdom. This is a kingdom standard that my actions and my attitude will reflect the king of this kingdom. And he said the whole thing that I've told you is summed up in just this saying. And it is huge to God how you treat other people. And there will be a harvest for it. Now, I think so often, wherever you sow and water into a person's life, into a relationship, you know, a lot of times you're going to see a return on that. You're kind to somebody, you're going to see some kindness come back. But I I can't guarantee you that that's going to happen. And Jesus, when he gave this golden rule, he didn't guarantee that was happening. He just said, I'm calling you to a standard. And the standard sums up the whole of all that you've been taught and all that's been brought to you in the law and the prophets. And it's this, my words again here. It's huge to God how you treat other people. Jesus summed it all up in this brilliant, comprehensive statement. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. Do the same thing. Do it in the same way that you would hope for. Both in your actions and in your attitude. It's not about if they respond in kind. It's about the fact that this is a standard of the kingdom. And never forget this. In the kingdom there will always be a harvest. Amen. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this this morning? Thank you, Lord.